2013. E3 is raging all around us. There is no time for podcasts. And yet somehow you're listening to this. Hi, welcome to episode, <laughs> what is this, 19, 20 of... Uh, Nin- 19. 19. Okay, we don't get to celebrate just yet. No, 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 19. No, 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 19. Good of, thing it's, it's not 10. The E3 episode, episode 10. Of a v- 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 game apocalypse, almost said vagina game apocalypse. <laughs> uh, Vigi game apocalypse. Nope. <laughs> the podcast about video games, the only one really. So why would you listen to anything else during E3? I'm your host, as always, Michael Raparas. Joining me from PC Gamer are Tyler Wild, and from Games Radar, Henry Gilbert, and from UB Blog, Ann Lewis. Wow! Yay! Welcome what? everybody. Woo! What a smattering of. Uh... Interesting folk. At first, I was oh, going to yes. say you're. Oh, yes. We are so interesting. At first, I was going to say, like, you're. The R sounded off because I, I was like, probably ask for PC Gamer is, but you're right. He what? Did say, <laughs> he did say R. Oh, R. yeah. But I thought PC Gamer R, Tyler Wilde. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. Oh, you're yeah. Right. I, see what I, you I mean. am. I, there's multiple. Grammar Henry. Inside me. Right. Okay. Well, thank you. Well, it just feels good to give Michael on grammar for once. That's true. Yeah, That's true. true. It is usually Snap. me who's being annoying to you. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and to Chris. I, so I'm, he, I'm still, I, it's, it's just a shame he's not here to, to see this. He's mm-hmm. dead, of course. Right. I'm still thinking away. of Vagina mm-hmm. Game Apocalypse. Vagina Game <laughs> what Apocalypse. What would that sound like? Wait, don't tell I me what that sounds like. I go a little something like <laughs> this. <laughs> <laughs> it would be dramatic noises. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. E3 is going on this week. Unfortunately, we won't be talking about it because we're recording this in the past. Whoa. E3 um, hasn't started but yet. We're all we we're all at E3 as you're hearing this. So on our next episode, we'll be able to talk much more about it and give our reactions to the no doubt fantastic things we're seeing. But for now, we're going to start with our traditional top five, which in honor of the events of this week will be top five memorable E3 moments. Number five. We are five years away from entering the 21st century. Humankind stands on the edge of the interactive age. You have come a long way. But are you ready for the future? Introducing Sega Saturn. Aww. Hit it. What? <laughs> <laughs> It's the <laughs> ridiculous 1995 E3 promo reel that played during the Sega press conference. Showed that? Yes, for Sega Saturn, Jesus. which the the big surprise was that it was being shown off at E3, and they were like, "Yeah, and it's out now." So mm. how about that? And I remember, you know, Brett always talking about it. I, I can't remember if he was working at Toys R Us yet. I just sort of assumed he was... 95, no, he wasn't old enough yet. Well, I just sort of assumed he was always working at Toys R Us. Like, I mean, I'm perpetuity. sure he was at He still Toys works R Us. there. He began at the Larval stage, and <laughs> he, he, he will always work there, and he has always worked there. Mm-hmm. I think, I can't remember if it was that day or the next day, but like, yeah, Sega Saturn, there it is at Babbage's or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they didn't ship it to everybody, and the retailers that get, didn't get them were pretty pissed at Sega for that. Yeah, apparently. So that caused well, a lot of upset. Because, and also uh, it launched with, like, no games. Yeah, and it caught everybody by surprise. Nobody was ready to go out and buy a $400 system. In April? Yeah. yeah. Or no, it's yeah. May, I guess. And and like Sega had previously announced the launch date of that September, so mm-hmm. it was kind of crazy. Yeah, it turns out surprise marketing isn't uh, isn't isn't all that wise. Yeah. Well, as I recall, the history, uh, 
they felt painted into a corner because Sony, it was Sony's big premiere of the PlayStation there for America. Right. And the entirety of their press conference was them saying $299. Uh-huh. That's Sony and always painting away. people into corners and forcing them to do horrible things <laughs> that they shouldn't right. have. <laughs> so they had to, so like PlayStation at $299, like that was crazy. Everybody knew the Saturn wasn't going to mash that, and they didn't. It launched at 400 bucks. Despite looking worse than a PlayStation in, yeah. in most of its games, yeah, way worse. So, like, if you ever tried to play a 3D game on the Saturn, it was just kind of an ugly because it was just made in a compromise. They're like, well, 3D games might be the future, but we think 2D games are more of it. Mm-hmm. Just kind of shove a bunch of chips in there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but the the video that they played during the conference was just a like just ridiculous mishmash of like mid 90s bullshit like mm. MTV style editing tropes and it was bookended by this woman who is like some bald possibly Canadian model uh, <laughs> who was wearing Saturn rings around her head mm. and said, I think I remember this yeah here, here she is right now now you may return to the world as you know it and remember look for Sega Saturn that's how 90s models were yeah kind of enigmatic like that sort of breathy and blase vaguely foreign yeah that's not how they are now but yeah there's a lot of like here's a dude in a a plaid shirt and a beanie and sunglasses and he's dancing around while Mm -hmm. like the the actual game is on a tv that's tiny in the middle of a stage and be great if like uh, such like jump jump cutty bullshit. I wish Microsoft had gone that way though. I I kind of wish they had. Xbox One, it's watching you. <laughs> but then it would like immediately cut like. Yeah. Like the the word random, the way it was mm. applied in the nineties all the time. Like that's so what random. this video was like. Oh, it's so random. And so it, random. It really was. It was just like let's let's make this an experience like flipping channels randomly. Mm. So. One second we'll have this silver-painted talking head that's glowering at you like an angry genie, and then the next we'll have this. Sega Saturn is the newest and most indulgent taste temptation from Sega. Delivering crystal clear digital video and rich, creamy 3D graphics. Oh God! And each unit is topped off with a delicious DSP chip dedicated to scrumptious CD quality sound. I'm fucking hungry now. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to... Uh, when you're, you're only seeing this woman's hands as she's like taking the lid off of a silver tray and there's a Saturn on it and she's oh. doing the whole hand model thing mm-hmm. around it to so show it off. It's a cream cheese parody, am I correct? <laughs> probably, uh, probably. <laughs> but in, in 95 also, Sega had just such a... They were in the middle of their identity crisis where like, are we still selling the Genesis? Are we selling the 32X? Are we selling cream cheese? Are we selling four different consoles at the same time oh, and yeah. confusing the shit out of the marketplace? Probably. Mm. <laughs> well, me and they were doing random stuff like that, but the Sony's ads were just as like they were more cutting edge. Like, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Like, was even crazier, like and weirder, and that sold people more. And I mean, yeah. I hate '90s marketing to an extent, <laughs> but like everything's so like it's almost too down to earth now. It's like, well, you know, we got an x86 architecture, and like yeah. it's not. Are you ready to have your mind blown? It's well, you know, I think we got some good features this year. Uh, I'm more tired of the presenters who go like. 
Hey, I'm just like you. I'm trying to watch my favorite show, Game of Thrones, on my Xbox. Yeah. Well, no, Price is Right on my Xbox. <laughs> yeah. It's not even the episode that's airing today, but who cares? Uh, <laughs> yeah, there, there were a lot of just weird sketches for no reason. Like, I, I think I would appreciate that a lot more than, you know, just just an announcer on a stage. But they had this weird thing about how, like, your rods, the, the rods and what are the other things that cones. are in your eye? Yeah, cones and rods are sitting in a theater watching the person who's brain apparently the theater is in what clip their toenails and they put a cd into the saturn and and they just start going nuts and screaming and it's just bedlam and uh going up to the brain and the eardrums are exploding like just this dude knocking over big bass drums wow it's amazing yeah and then it ends with this what else can go wrong surgeon synapse online too it's the sphincter what is going on so you've got the G-Man at the, the Sega end Saturn will, Yeah, that is the G-Man's cadence. So uh, Sega Saturn makes you shit your Well, pants. no, quite the opposite, because the, the sphincter is a guy in, like, some sort of clean suit who's standing in a little room where the walls are closing in on him and he's pushing against them. Oh, I see. So it so makes it, your butt contract. Yes, it makes your eyes so flinch. scared. Well, like, the sphincter is just any circular muscle. But yeah, sure, your butt. Yeah, your well, butthole. It's all in, about in that. In the 90s, it was all sure. about the butthole. That's <laughs> what sphincter meant. It's all about the well, yeah. butt. Because Wayne's World. Yeah. Bruce, <laughs> yeah. Bruce Willis told us sphincter oh. was the new word. Yeah. All, all product marketing is about what's going to happen to your butthole <laughs> when you <laughs> use the product. Ultimately, yes. Ultimately. And I also like that you use the word bedlam, which I like. Like, mm-hmm. like. 90s marketing was about like sensory bedlam like in the the PC gaming sphere it was like the voodoo graphics cards would always have that stereotypical 90s kid where his hair has been blown uh-huh. back yeah. like <laughs> and it's like yes this is so powerful that it like it will eject wind from your monitor the the only voodoo ad i ever remember was the magazine ad that was like Voodoo, and it like showed a picture of a really crisply rendered F15 or whatever, and then like the other side was doo doo, and it was just like shitty polygon <laughs> version of the same <laughs> poop. Why did everyone love poop in the 90s? Jeez, it was a very scatological decade. It really was. That's how it'll be remembered uh, forever. Forever, yes. Yeah. Uh, moving on to a, a much more recent decade and uh, much more regrettable fad. Number four. So it's no big secret that I save the big guns for the big guns. Some guys do rubber ducks. <laughs> some guys do tattoos. That is, of course, uh, Peter Moore, then vice president in charge of Xbox. This is 2007, 2006. Ah, yes, I should get to the actual reveal part. So what I'd like to show you is my new edition. <laughs> All right, so that's him pulling up his sleeve to reveal a Grand Theft Auto 4 logo tattoo. So that reaction, that reaction was for people who assumed that meant we got GTA 4 as an exclusive. Uh-huh. That's why people are applauding right there. Yeah, because it's going to be on 360, and mm-hmm. uh, of course it wasn't. But they did have this landmark deal in place. Microsoft and Rockstar Games have entered into a strategic partnership to provide exclusive episodic content via Xbox Live. Exclusive. Uh, totally exclusive. Mm, yeah, this was back when DLC meant horse armor. Uh-huh. And, and just the idea <laughs> of, like, it's going to have add-on episodes was in just revolutionary. 
Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a pretty big deal, and, and it, it revolutionized how angry people get about video games. It, it really did. <laughs> well, it was so a whole new level in the console wars. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. History showed that those those were big DLC. Like those were pre- pretty big and. And they were like a year-long exclusive, I think, weren't they? Yeah, it was a while before they finally came out on PS3. Mm-hmm. I believe I remember back in the day, it was like a $50 million deal. It was. But it was like complicated. It was that Microsoft had basically lent Rockstar $50 million oh, to yeah. use on the development of these episodes. Mm-hmm. And then they would apparently be paid back when the game hit. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really know... For sure. Uh, and we're not businessmen. No, we're not. We're <laughs> not journalists here. We're, <laughs> we're not really into games. Um, uh, well, that, we just we just were born this morning, actually. <laughs> well, that, I was. That tattoo was a sequel to his Halo Three tattoo. Yeah. Well, Halo Two <laughs> tattoo actually, because oh, he shows two? that off first. Oh, I thought it was a three. T- I I've always remembered it as a Halo Three tattoo. No, apparently, apparently that was his big reveal when Halo Two was coming out. Right. Like, Halo. Did anyone ever interview him, like, and just ask, "What warrant are you thinking? Why do you have those?" I don't. I, the GTA thing, Four didn't look permanent. No, and but that's yeah. that's the thing that he showed off the Halo Two, and it's like, yeah, people thought it was fake, and it's like, well, you could have just got another fake one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's true. It's not like we see your arms all the time. <laughs> Shit. Though I like Peter. I think Peter Moore's fun. I like seeing him on the EA press conferences yeah. too. Like he. He knows how to bring energy and, and talk about, like... He does. He even does. make, you know, something boring like EA, an EA, at least to me, an EA sports montage. Like, he can make them more interesting anyway. I miss him from Microsoft, you know. Yeah. I feel like Microsoft now is just... You know, Don Matrick's not a bad guy, but he's just like... He doesn't have me, that charisma. Don Matrick. Mm-hmm. We're excited to show you. I don't know. It's just so practical. I'm just sort of a generic-looking dude. I have a nice smile, yeah. right? He has to tell you that they're excited so that you know because mm-hmm. he cannot express. If uh, I stood next emotion. to Insomniac's Ted Price, you probably wouldn't be able to tell us apart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Ted Price wouldn't be smiling right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we're doing that. I'm just joining in. Yeah, me too. Because well, Fuse sales would make him sad. Oh, yeah, oh. probably. Do you guys remember that Fuse exists and came out? I do now. Yeah, no one else does. <laughs> Nobody uh, noticed. Yeah, I, I remember just because I played through the first level, and it's like, well, that was okay. Mm-hmm. That was a game. Interestingly, Peter Moore may have gotten something a little bit wrong for those of us who are really into dates in our audience, by which I mean Brett and absolutely nobody else. Microsoft and Rockstar Games are bringing Grand Theft Auto 4, the next generation of the wildly successful Grand Theft Auto series, to Xbox 360, on October the 16th, 2007 in North America, and October the 19th, 2007 in Europe. The first date it's available. All right, that's interesting for two reasons. Mm. Number one, it didn't hit those dates. It was delayed until the next year. But also, it was significant because you think about, like, we're, we're so used to console releases happening simultaneously on every platform. That's just the way it's done. Mm-hmm. With Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas, GTA 3, Vice City, all of those appeared on PlayStation 2 first, and it was like a years-long exclusive Yeah, and it, the, before they appeared on Xbox and other platforms. Mm. And so it was like a huge deal. It's like, no, this one you won't have to wait for. It will show up at the same time it does on PS3. Yeah, you know, I always think of... I I look back on Final Fantasy 13 as the death of the third-party exclusive this generation. Mm. 
But I think that moment is almost as important. We're like, yeah, GTA, same day as, as everybody else. That's that's just the reality now. Every third-party game comes out the same day on everybody. Yeah, why wouldn't it? Yeah. What, you think Sony is going to get an exclusive on this for some reason? No, they want to sell as many as they can. Sony's exactly. got $50 million here? I don't think so. <laughs> no way, maybe they do. That's that's my wheel and dealing voice. Maybe they do. Huh? Maybe. Uh, yeah. Well, the point is, it was kind of a landmark decision for a I, lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a very big moment. <laughs> Number three. My name is Tak Fuji. I'm a lead <laughs> oh, producer in the 99 Nights 2. We are very excited about our upcoming release on June 29th, which is three weeks away. Three weeks away. Uh, I feel a little bad <laughs> making fun <laughs> of Tak Fuji. Uh, his, sure. his English is way better than your Japanese. Yeah, that's true. I won't. I won't uh, dispute that. But mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, it did make his presentation at the Konami press conference in 2010 one of the most memorable moments from E3 ever, and it was because of one particular line. I will focus on these three new aspects of the game now. The first one, the online co-op mode. Um, you can compete in the online leaderboards and the battle with armies of the more than one million troops. One million troops. Wow. <laughs> one million troops. <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> Got to keep saying it so you can get Yeah, react. well that's the thing that Guys, he, he, guys, 1 million troops. He was expecting applause when he said 1 million troops and wow. it was crickets. And then he's like, "Wow." And then like, "Oh, oh right, right, right. Sorry, sorry, sorry." The 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 audience applauding finally sounds like the applause you would hear in like a Monty Python sketch. Ah, <laughs> an unenthused applause. But but like because of that, I think we can we can legitimately pick on this for reasons other than his strange accent, and that his for whatever reason his delivery was kind of off, and he just sort of expected applause when there was none. Mm-hmm. So he'd like pause, and it would just be long silence, and he'd be like, "Come on, guys." This was the applause break in here. What's yeah. going on? There's, there's, there was a lot of moments like that throughout his speech. So he had like this, for example. You will find that many, many more enemies surrounding you compared to the other hack and slash titles. This is not the ordinary hack and slash anymore. This is an extreme, extreme hack and slash title. <laughs> not funny. <laughs> Why did you repeat it then? I don't know. Well, I think I think he just said it way too close to the microphone and then realized that, so he just pulled back and repeated it. But yeah, it's just it's just kind of painful to watch. Well, I don't blame him. I I blame who wrote the stuff they tried to put in his mouth. <laughs> they probably yeah. said extreme and then like brackets laughter brackets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and just maybe, like maybe they had some audience plans that weren't doing their job. That was well, Konami just don't get me. Started. Their press events had always been jokes. Like they'd that's true. They they basically their pre E three stuff was them holding people hostage until they got yeah. to see the Metal Gear part. Well, yeah, Konami though, for those years like just had terrible presentations. I'm sorry anybody from Konami who's listening, but they were not very much fun to sit through. Um, and well, it was because of shit like that. They'd, yeah. have, they'd have producers in their second language uh-huh. at best 
like reading garbage. Like yeah. as someone who is a native English speaker, as sh- as seen at those events, native English speakers sound like idiots too saying that stuff. That's true. But I, I did wish that I had been able to find from their uh, two, 2007 press conference, like some surviving footage of this, but it was like 15 minutes at some ballroom at a hotel in Santa Monica. This was during the two years when E3 was like... No fun. Oh, yeah. it, was, it was like on life support, basically. They moved it out to Santa Monica. They dramatically narrowed the number of people who could attend, and it was just in a bunch of hotels, and it kind of sucked. But we had this press briefing by the new VP of Konami's marketing who went up to the podium and he, again, I, I wish I had sound clips of this. I don't. He delivered what it was like, is this your first time speaking in public ever? <laughs> like just, it, it sounded like he was reading off the script in front of him very slowly and he was having trouble reading it. And it was just painful. Mm. So we are very excited to announce, and he was American too. He mm. didn't have the excuse of being, uh, uh, having English as a second language. Yeah, I have to say, uh, if English were my second language, uh, but even it not being my second language, I would, I'd probably do terrible. I have stage yeah. fright, and yeah. I bet I bet a lot of like producers and stuff are like mm-hmm. doing their jobs, and then E three comes around, and they're oh, you have to go on stage, what, in front of how many yeah. people? And like mo- I would be. Most of them do a pretty good job. Yeah, I would. I would. I would be like swallowing my own tongue. <laughs> well, so tw- and the, the 2010 one was such like a public farce that everyone was mocking. Yeah. That that was the straw that broke the camel's back. After that, e- well, Konami has yeah. like, all right, pre recorded a week before E3. Uh-huh. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Never that's the right attitude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they they had that weird. Uh, what was the Connect Dance game? They had the oh rather man. awkward demonstration for. I remember. It seemed to involve a lot of kneeling and turning in place while kneeling. Yeah, it was like I think Revolution was in the title. It wasn't DDR, but I feel like it was like. I assume I assume we're gonna talk about it, but did, did you guys see their press conference? We will talk about it. Is it okay? Is it better? Um, I haven't actually seen it. I just it heard was the news. better. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's very the, controlled. The, the new message. one I'm talking. About. Yeah, I watched the, the bits one, of it. Yeah, the one that posted today was a very controlled message. They knew what they were there to say. They said it. Yeah. Well, no problem. I wish I knew exactly what he was trying to say here. If you just uh, you know, continue to press the, the same button like X X X and Y Y Y and X X and Y Y Y again, you'll be sucked. Uh, right. Right. <laughs> you'll be sucked. Right? Like I, I, I was trying to figure. Like, is he saying you'll, you'll be suck, or, or you'll suck, or you'll be sunk? Like that could know. work, but it yeah. sounds like you'll be mm. sucked. I don't know. You, you'll be sunk seems like too much of like an idiom kind of thing that yeah. he wouldn't you'll say. You'll suck. Right. Well, sounds more likely. I guess. I feel like the the scriptwriter that is like, oh, you'll suck, would be like cool and. Uh, yeah. You'll be sucked. You'll be sucked. Your sphincter will tighten <laughs> and and scream while it does so. <laughs> yes. Your screaming butthole. So. Your butthole is a man trapped between contracting walls. You'll be sucked sounds like something that like uh, either a vampire would say or a prostitute or a vampire prostitute. Yes. And then well, you have to determine what the vampire prostitute means. Like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You talking whoa, about whoa. my blood and the vampire prostitute's like, no. <laughs> uh, okay. What a weird threat from a prostitute who's like, hey, man, if you keep this up, you'll be sucked. <laughs> All right? I was like, wait, is that good or bad? I can't tell. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's happening, but 
How much? <laughs> oh, just don't press XXXXYYYY. XXXXYYY. Don't do that. But it's all about the or one million troops. Or do. Yeah. Or million. Yeah. And then, yeah, he, wow. it turns out you those troops weren't actually rendered on screen. It's like he, he goes on to immediately say hundreds of troops can be rendered. Yep. But I guess it's one million troops in the army that you're fighting. I, I never played 99 Nights 2. <laughs> no one would. That's why. <laughs> also, why would you even have him talk? The game's out in a month, and it's a sequel to an Xbox exclusive, 360 exclusive nobody played. Yeah, just show a trailer and be done with it. Yes. At least that's what they should have done. Uh, again, were you at that one? I know Nagata was at that one. I was not at that one. I got to see the feed of it. Okay. You should have put his pinky to his mouth. One million troops. <laughs> well, he wouldn't have got that joke. I'm sure that I'm sure that's been photoshopped one million times. <laughs> yes, probably. Number two. I hope you all enjoyed our program this morning. <laughs> Before you leave, I'd like you to step inside one more world for Nintendo GameCube. So I apologize for the poor sound on these clips. Well, uh, this one wasn't streaming. On yeah, I was. This was 2004. Bot. I was only able to find. Uh, Image, you know, camera footage that was kind of amateur that have been taken from inside the auditorium, but it's worthwhile uh, for yeah, 2004 Nintendo conference. I won't say what it is just yet, but the response from the audience to this reveal was just overwhelming. For the record, the moment at which the cheers drown out the music is the moment when Link appears on screen because this was the reveal for Twilight Princess. Though at the time, just called Legend of Zelda. Like yeah, Legend of Zelda. Legend of Zelda. And it was it was Adult Link, which everybody had wanted because we just had uh, Wind Waker after the big you know Adult oh, Link reveal in two thousand. Anyway, yeah, it is a great game, but, but people wanted Adult Link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a big deal for whatever reason. They wanted him, and they thought they'd never get him. It seemed like, oh, Nintendo's never going to listen. They're never going to give us a grown-up Link. And Yeah, they're never going to keep yeah. the series going long enough to do that again. <laughs> and for years afterward, it seemed like we never would get him because it kept being delayed over and over again. Yeah, yeah Twilight Princess got to show up at three threes in a row. Wow. Which is, wow. wow. I wonder what the record is for a game that's shown up at the most E3s. Hmm. I don't know. It's probably Last Guardian or Duke Nukem Forever. No, Last Guardian oh, yeah. never <laughs> shows up at E3. That's the Not thing. Not anymore. They, just, uh, they showed it in 2009 and then never again. The last time they publicly showed it or not publicly, but behind closed doors to press, was in early 2011, when press, including Gary Steinman, got to go see uh, the NGP reveal. Mm-hmm. And then while they were there, like, hey, Last Guardian, want to check it out? And that was the last time they fucking showed it to anybody. Man. They, but, yeah, the, the Twilight Princess one, I don't know if the, the recording you found has, like, there's a guy in the video that I've seen a few times who goes like, Oh, thank God! Yes! Yes! Yeah! Like, you could tell he was, like, crying. Like a grown man crying. See, that's the one time when I've actually been at a press conference. Or, I haven't actually been at a press this press conference. Uh But, like, whenever I'm at a press conference and I hear people cheering, I always roll my eyes. Because I know, like, that wasn't cheer-worthy. Like, this is fucking Mm cheer-worthy. Like, I get it. I I empathize here. Yeah, yeah. Our old co-worker, Amanda Glasser... 
uh, when she worked at Game Pro, she wrote this interesting post called There's No Cheering in the Press Box mm-hmm. about how, you know, in, say, sports journalism, you don't clap. You're not supposed to show loyalty to a team. You're just you're an impartial person there. So when you're at an E3 press conference, you should make no noise. Like, you're a professional journalist. You're not a fan. You're not there to be a fan, so you shouldn't react yeah. to things like that. Well, and, I, and I, I've said, I think on the last show, I, I kind of disagree with that, and that I think you should applaud when somebody is done talking because mm-hmm. that's just polite. Yeah, though there I feel the only Nintendo... I've only gone to one Nintendo press conference, the one that seemed might be their last. Who knows? Because they're not doing one this year, but... Uh, at last year's... Not doing one in, in the early morning during the show when it's actually open? No, this time it's at 7 a.m. From 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. And then if you're going to go see Nintendo games like me, you have to immediately leave the hotel at 8.30 mm-hmm. and then go to uh, line up to play the games at... at the Culver City morning. Best Buy, I think Mike, Mike Grimm said last week. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's where he's going to be. But I'll be, yeah. at eight, I'll be at E3. But anyway. Oh, so if you're in Culver City, go to Best Buy and you might t- catch a glimpse of Mike Grimm. But so at the 2012 Nintendo press conference, they showed Nintendo Land, which was a disappointment to most of the audience, me included, Mm -hmm. to see that was their big closer. And part of it, they show like this was the Luigi's ghost hunting game. And when they show that part, there's silence. Like people, they're, they're explaining how to play that ghost hunting game and you're bored to tears. Like I I actually like zoned out. And then when they finished, they're like, like they expected applause there is none and then they say well what did you think and then like you're guilted into applauding and i applauded them but i hated myself for doing because i was like this is unearned applause you just like looked at me like huh please come on like validate us yeah it made i didn't like that Mm -hmm. but i don't think if i were in that if i were in that audience in the 2004 one, i could not have contained my excitement like i would have I would have been genuinely excited and applauded. Like, like, oh, fuck, yeah. The Zelda thing, going back to that, was yeah. capped off by another star appearance that drew a lot of applause, which was Shigeru Miyamoto right there on stage with mm. a sword and shield, waving it at the audience, posing for photos. And uh, he said this, which, again, I apologize for the shitty, shitty audio quality, but here you go. Even after eight years, the Legend of Zelda never stops changing. And this game is not different. We are now taking you to a world where Link has grown up. A world where he will act different and look different. In order to grow, Link must not stand still. And neither can I. So, thank you. Yep, and then he left. The kind of Nintendo vagaries where they think like we just revealed so much with what that thing we just said. You're like, what mm-hmm. did you say? I now know. we're done. Yep. But and it was also kind of cool because it was sort of like like uh, one more thing. Oh, we hope you enjoyed the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, there's one more thing we want to show you. That, that's why I expected every press conference. The yeah. it's always more the one. Thing. Thing. Yeah, it's the Steve Jobs thing. Mm-hmm. One more thing. And, and what's when, fun is when it's it's terrible. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's fun when it's Zelda. But it's also fun when it's like, eh, one more thing, there's a dog in Call of Duty. <laughs> one more thing. I want you all to reach under your seats and feel around to see if there's any wet gum under there. <laughs> because I left a bunch of it and I want it back. <laughs> Though when it's one more thing, there's a redesigned 360 and you all get one for free. Yeah, that was pretty badass. I, I, that, I was not in that press conference. Well, God damn it. 
I I RSVP'd even though I'm not going to the Microsoft press conference just in the hope that I'll get something for free. Because I'm a fucking but sellout. Now you that you've are. said that, everybody knows and they're not going to send you shit. No, I know. No, no free X-Bone for you, Henry. I got an annoying tweet of me today. For, like, I know yeah. he was joking around, but it was uh, Hillary Goldstein. Wow, he, who, knows who he, you are. He tweeted at me like I was saying, like, man, this used game thing is really confusing with the X-Bone. And he was like, just keep playing all your games for free. And then I was like, "You motherfucker! I never, I play, I pay for tons of games. Yeah. Like I barely, I really." And like, mad. speak for yourself, sell out. Some of us have to work for our games. Well, then I want to congratulate. Fuck you! I want to congratulate Hillary on getting his new job, and he's a community manager at Chair for Epic. So, yeah. congrats, Hillary. So he'll be on the next Infinity Blade, mm, or whatever, presumably. or whatever they do. Maybe if you're listening to this in the future, maybe they announced Shadow Complex 2 finally. Ooh. Uh, maybe. Ooh. 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 At this Ooh. point, the future could be anything to yeah. us. Shadow Complex. That's the thing. We're going to be way behind the curve here. Mm-hmm. We're going to be like, people are going to be like, why didn't you talk about this year's Zelda reveal? And we're going to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I think people can okay. understand that we're not recording the day we post the show. No, no. How could they not understand that? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Twilight Princess look cool. How, how could they? In fact, that? prediction: New Zelda. There. Mm. Eh, they already revealed two Zeldas. Are they going to show a third yeah. Zelda? Yeah. Nintendo. It's 2014 will be many. the year of Zelda. They're re- too many they're, goddamn Zeldas. They're rebranding Zeldendo, <laughs> and that's all they make now is Zelda. That's not right. dangerously close to Zeldildo. <laughs> well, Zeldildo is a different product. Uh, they yes. sell it down the street at Folsom mm-hmm. Gulch. Real store, by the way. No! Folsom Gulch. And it's Folsom right across Gulch? the street from oh, another yeah. sex store. Folsom Gulch. <laughs> Just think about that being a sex store and how much you want to go to a place called mm. Gulch. Gulch. Yeah. The place across the street has a marquee outside that always has the best, like, awful euphemisms. I'm sorry, but I just needed to point that out. They're no, so good. Great. All right, I think we're done talking about <laughs> Zelda. Let's see if you can guess uh, what the title is going to be by the way this game will actually start. Can you guess? Any guesses? I know what it is. All right. Anybody who doesn't know what it is want to guess? Nope. It's Ridge Racer. Ah, there we go. Ridge Racer. Remember that one? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how could we forget? (sighs) This is another one that was uh, sad. Yeah, I, like I, I remember going to it and like not thinking it was bad. Like it was standard Sony press conference at the time where they start out with a bunch of kind of dull sales figures and it takes them a while to ramp up to the games. But then uh, YouTube was a recent invention and uh, it basically grabbed hold of it and just tore it to shreds. Well, when you're when you're writing like uh, a script, read it out loud to yourself. And see how it sounds, because yeah. adding vowels to Ridge Racer. Well, in that specific instance, like he wanted that the system, the PSP needed to load faster, which it wasn't. Yeah. And so he he thought he was like, that's eh, so I bet you recognize this game, thinking the game would immediately be off. Yeah, well, there, there was actually a lot of patter between like, like he talks over the intro of the game. It's like, so oh, I, I kind of wanted to get the audio and nope, sorry. And same too, he like was talking, uh, well, maybe you uh, know it from this load screen, huh? Like, it, he, he had to I'm, cover I'm not a lot. sure what makes the second Ridge Racer so funny. Maybe it's the like, just the, the not committing to it that makes it funny. I don't know. Well, he was like, well. If he had been like, Ridge! 
know, maybe it would have been okay. It reminds me more of like Talk Fuji, the same of like, you were supposed to react when I said Ridge Racer the first time. I'm going to say it again to make sure you know you're supposed to react. Maybe the way he said it the second time is just so like... Uh, feeble but attempt attempting to be uh mm-hmm. well there, there was also like an element of nostalgia there like hey remember this game it's ancient it's like 10 years old now yeah and, uh, but as as iconic as Kazurai's presentation was it was another guy named bill rich who became the unintentional star mm-hmm. when he took the stage to demo the game that he was executive producer on which as we all remember was genji days of the blade so here's this giant enemy crab. What I'll do is use Benke here to <clears throat> flip over this crab on its back. I'll switch over to Yoshitsune, hop on its stomach, and you attack its weak point for massive damage. I just want to point out, I cut out a ton of pauses, like really long pauses, and like, oh, if you'll just bear with me here, it's gone off screen, so I'll just go over here. And and, and if I remember correctly, like, this is right after he said how historically accurate the game yeah. is, yeah. which is Giant historical enemy Japanese crabs. battles. Yes. Well, on that YouTube video also, like, kept cutting in all these scenes of them saying, like, with the PS3, it'll be a whole new world of gaming. And like, yeah. <laughs> it also kept cutting to this. The 60 gigabyte PlayStation 3 for 599 US dollars. And then 599 US yeah. dollars, 599 US dollars. <laughs> and they show Gran Turismo, which won't come out for f- four years? Yeah, well, it was, that was so weird. It's like, I remembered it being Gran Turismo 5, and it was Gran Turismo HD, mm-hmm. which then like came out a couple years later as Gran Turismo HD Concept. Mm-hmm. Or no, it was, it was close to launch. That was or was close it to 5 launch. Prologue? Yeah, GT5 Prologue was Prologue. the demo that they released. Right. But there was but before that there was HD, mm-hmm. which was like not 5 but not 4 either and it was just like here are five cars that you can drive around a kind of boring track and it's very really, sad. Yeah. That's why they I think that's why they handled GT6 the way they did where they, until they were absolutely sure it would be out 6 months from when they announced it, mm-hmm. they tell no one it exists. Yeah. But as much as the the 599 US dollars is kind of kind of left a bad taste in everybody's mm-hmm. mouth, uh, I had completely forgotten how much worse the Japanese had it in that equation. The 20 gigabyte PlayStation 3 will retail for 59,800 yen, and the 60 gigabyte PlayStation 3 will have an open price, which the retailers will set. I yeah. forgot. So, I did so baseline, like 20 gigabyte PS3, around $600 already in Japan. And then the 60 gigabyte one, that's eh, whatever retailers want to charge. You decide. Yikes. Open price. Left the can free you market. Even fathom the horror of that. Like, hey, everybody can charge a thousand if they want. They just have to price fix a little bit. Well, I mean, at the same time, then you do get possibly competitive pricing. Possibly, well, but, but games, possibly Amazon undercuts everyone. Games yeah. cost more in Japan. They just do. That's oh, true. Yeah. They especially with like niche series or that they or ones with very rabid fan bases. Occasionally, you see them charge like uh, you know seventy thousand or not seventy thousand seven thousand yen for something seventy bucks by American standards for a, for a three DS mm-hmm. game. Just because like, well, it's Dragon Quest Seven. You want Dragon Quest Seven, don't you? Yeah, well, yeah. I remember being at Tokyo Game Show in like 2006 and seeing a demo for Dead or Alive Extreme 2, of all things. And I'm mm-hmm. sure somebody can correct me on this, but I 
The price was like 9,800 yen. It was like like almost a hundred bucks for Dead or Alive Extreme Two mm. for a cheesecake mini game collection. Are you sure that one didn't come with a body pillow though? Like, pretty sure it did bottle. not come with a body pillow. All right, but that that would have at least somewhat justified the price. But yeah, yeah I got I got a big sense of that. It's like there's no standardized sixty dollar price in Japan. It's just like some games are twenty dollars, some games are a hundred dollars. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be rough. If they, if they I mean, they do, to an extent, charge more for games that they know people want, but it's minor in the U.S. But then meanwhile, they're like for their used game sales were like illegal and for a long time, like you mm, couldn't. Wow. Like it was just outlawed, and eventually it became kind of like how they are here. Oh, okay. <laughs> kind of like how they're about to become. <laughs> uh, well, no, they didn't. We don't need no government stepping in. It's the free market's going to make those uh, used games illegal. It's pronounced government. 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 Wait a minute. Has anyone blamed Obama yet for the uh, Oh, right. Thanks, thing? Obama. Yeah. Thanks. He's the one installing Connect thanks on those lot. things to make it watch us all the time and give us yeah. give our records to the NSA. It's, it's to inform the death panels, obviously. Obviously. Mm-hmm. What yeah. what other purpose could there be? Yeah, exactly. Enemy all right. Crowd. Anyway, uh, so that's our top five. Giant. We're going to take Enemy a little break. Crowd. When we come back, uh, we'll Enemy talk about crowd. some new releases Giant this week crowd. and uh, some news that isn't E3 related. Stay tuned. Enemy crab, giant crab, giant enemy crab, giant crab, enemy crab. Actually took place in ancient Japan. Massive crab, massive damage, massive crab. Being based on history, massive crab, massive damage, massive crab. Based on Japanese history, attack is weak point, massive damage. Hey gang, are you enjoying the show so far? Well, then maybe you want to help us keep our momentum going. Uh, You can subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes. We love five-star reviews especially. You can buy stuff through the Amazon links on our site, and we'll get a little cut of any money you spend. You can buy a t-shirt from store.lasertimepodcast.com, or you can comment on our articles or post on our forums. Answer the question of the week. Let us know what you do and don't like about the show. Or you could just tell the world about us and create some more food sources i mean vga listeners finally you can follow us on twitter at vg apocalypse now back to the show giant enemy crab and we're back thanks for sitting through that break uh we're gonna talk about some new releases and strangely yes there are games that have released in the week when e3 is going on i know it's crazy why would you do that (laughs) Ah. Clearly, the entire world is at L.A., uh, including people who can't go there and will not be <laughs> buying games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, it, it really kind of is a good time to release games because just people are excited at this very time about that's true. video games. But uh, one of the biggest releases is uh, playing a little bit savvy, coming out the day after E3 is over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm talking, of course, about The Last of Us, which is out this Friday. So technically not out by the time you hear this, if you're listening on Tuesday when it goes live. A rare Friday but release. the review embargoes yes. are up, so you but can the, talk yes, about so it. Yes, so we can talk about it. The review embargoes are up, uh, what, 10 days early? Yeah. yeah. 10 That's days weird. ahead of time. For, for such a high-profile game, like it used that used to be the case for a lot of games, uh, early review embargoes, mm-hmm. but that doesn't happen mm-hmm. a lot anymore. Now, well, Sony mostly does it. Like, but yeah. Sony used to be like a month in advance you could post the review, which yeah. was crazy. That, that, was, that, that people would forget about it by then. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel and, like that's what they did with what, God of War 3 yeah. or 2. Or... Yeah, well, I remember it specifically with Killzone 2 mm-hmm. because that was the one where like I had people second-guessing and gainsaying my review for a month before the fucking game came mm-hmm. out. <laughs> and they could just play it for themselves and, and form an opinion based mm-hmm. on you know something other than right. prejudices. But this, of course, makes a lot of sense because everyone who is going to post a review will be in L.A. when it releases so, mm-hmm. or flying back. Yeah. But Last of Us, I fucking love this game. Henry and I both played it. Finished it. Yeah, finished it. It's, I'm so sad that I it's haven't played it. It's a marked departure from uh, Uncharted, if you're expecting something big and adventure mm-hmm. I It occurred to me while I was playing it, this is sort of like uh, Manhunt. Like if, if Rockstar had done a Manhunt 3 with kind of the a lot of the tones from uh, The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. So it had a lot more heart than Manhunt. That's for yeah. sure. Well, yeah, yeah, it goes without saying. Manhunt is a B movie, and this is like you know the road. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it's why you mentioned Road and Walking Dead because it's they're all those and Last of Us are cut from the same cloth of a parent and child type pairing mm-hmm. are trying to survive in an apocalyptic world, like out in the wild. Surrounded by the remnants of humanity who have turned, you know, that's true. Which with a horrible fungus is that? Yeah. Right? Well, that you've yeah. you've got two basic enemies throughout the game. You've got the hunters, who are a much more ever-present threat, who are just basically scavengers, humans who've kind of become bandits in these little pockets of civilization, and they just kind of want to kill you and take whatever you have. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the infected which run a gamut from, or gamut? Gamut? I would say gamut. Gamut. From zombies from 28 Days Later who just like charge at you screaming and and start slapping at you and uh, you can punch them. And then the really scary ones are the clickers. There's oh, there's creepy. They're, they're creepy. They like their their faces are all overgrown with fungus, and they're they're super gross. They one hit kill you. Yeah, they, if if they touch you, they will literally rip your throat out while you watch. Neat. I had to see that clip so many yeah. times of just Joel going. Rah! Yeah, and yeah, as the music too. stings up, then smashed to black. Like, yeah, Rah. yeah. But there. The, the clickers especially kind of bring to bear something that I thought was really interesting about the game, which is its use of sound. Mm-hmm. That, like, Joel, the main character, has sort of like a Batman detective vision thing where he can focus his hearing in whatever direction he's facing. And so you can see, like, an outline of somebody through a wall if they're walking and making noise. Mm-hmm. And you can always see the clickers if they're standing still because they literally just stand around and make, like, twitchy clicking noises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It was never, it, it was like Batman to me, the, the sneaking portion that was like never not fun to yeah. to successfully sneak behind someone and strangle them. Mm-hmm. Like. But that's, that's the part that I compare to Manhunt because, mm-hmm. you know, Manhunt is a, is a stealth game. It's about sneaking around much more powerful foes who work in a group and taking them out one by one in, you know, big semi-open areas. And that's what this is. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's about stuff like you can sneak past enemies sometimes, not all the time. I never actually tried. Me neither. Uh, yeah. I've killed everybody. And when I've read other reviews where they said, like, I tried to, I was successfully snuck past people. And I was disappointed when I had no option but to kill everybody. I was like, oh, I didn't, I yeah. couldn't tell I the difference between this that, really. Well, because well, if you're going to kill those guys... Like if you killing a dude is one last pair of eyes that might see you when you escape. Mm-hmm. So just 
Kill yeah. everybody. Well, I always try to take the pacifistic route in games where that's an option. Mm-hmm. But part of, part of this is, Joel, it doesn't feel right to his character to leave people alive. He is such a bastard. They're like, only going to come and get him later. Yeah. And, and that it's true that every enemy you leave alive is extremely dangerous. Not only mm-hmm. is it another pair of eyes that can spot you, that, that it's a vulnerability that you're leaving behind you, but they can also kill you pretty quickly. You're not Superman. Uh-huh. And it's... it's <laughs> Now, that's it's technically very like regressive, but it doesn't have recharging health. Like it's yeah. a health thing; you have to take health packs and heal yeah, yourself. You have to take health packs. You have to make them from things mm. you find in the environment. So you'll find like a bottle of alcohol and a rag, and you can combine these things. But then when you're healing yourself, it's you actually have to sit there and watch as Joel wraps a bandage around his arm because you know that heals all wounds automatically, mm-hmm. especially gunshot wounds. Mm-hmm. But uh, though, yeah, that's. Those were the times I had the biggest problems with The Last of Us is like the world, like its biggest strength, I I would say, is the world it builds. Like it is a gorgeous world, not just graphically. Super pretty, super interesting. Perfectly realized, like like, this is how it would look. You think to yourself, this is how it would look when trees grow out of the ground Uh and no one's to stop it. And it's also very relatable in that like this looks like a place that I have seen and have Mm -hmm. visited in real life and now it's just kind of old, desolate and quiet and strange. Like a lot of the The water looks amazing. Yeah, the water looks great. A lot of the action is in suburbs or Mm -hmm. like, you know, more remote places. In games like this where you get the it, it is the uncanny valley thing like the closer you get to reality the more i notice things like so if there is an ai bug or someone walks through me and this was a problem in bioshock infinite for me too like the world was so real but then when elizabeth acted not like she should i was like oh i'm in a game hmm. Crap, you, you bring you bring up elizabeth um I have to say Ellie, the the AI character, reminded me, it, she's sort of like Elizabeth who's run out of fucks to give. <laughs> it's just like, imagine if no Elizabeth was younger and really, really foul-mouthed, and every time you killed somebody, she's like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, Joel. Fuck. But I, I, it was... It so was, apparently she has a lot of fucks to give. Oh, well, she has a lot of fucks to say. <laughs> and it was an interesting relationship uh, to compare uh, her with... Um, with Lee and Clementine in The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. at least the way I played The Walking Dead, my Lee was out to protect Clementine right. and keep her innocent in this world of awfulness. And that's why it's a wake-up call when uh, in Walking Dead when the homeless guy says, you need to teach her to shoot a gun because like, she's dead if she doesn't know how to do that. But well, meanwhile, in this world, like Ellie is... She's about twice Clementine's age, and yeah. she she's like, I know how to shoot a gun. Just give me one. Come on. Yeah, but you don't for for a big portion of the mm-hmm. game, and he I, resists. I thought you know part of it is because obviously he's he's thinking like if I give a kid a gun, she'll shoot me in the back first chance she gets. Mm-hmm. And second is I, I think he's kind of trying to protect her a little bit. It's like if I give yeah. you a gun, you will become a target. Uh, you know, let me take care of all the mm-hmm. violence that needs to happen. And the story is just epic. Like, it is an epic game in how long... And there were times like... Yeah, it was like 17 hours It could have been four hours shorter, and when it ended at the four or three hours before it actually ended, I would have been like, I'm satisfied. Great game. Like, mm-hmm. uh, but How long was it? My clock was at 1740. Oh, okay. Wow, okay. Mine well, was just under 17. I scavenged all I could, by the way. Like, oh, yeah. Though I still, like, I think I only had half the collectibles. 
when I was searching as much as I could. Because, like, if you don't scavenge, you're not going to have stuff. Like, not just bullets or the ability to upgrade your thing. Like, there's also, you, you upgrade your weapons. And if you miss the tools that make you better at upgrading, like, yeah, you're, you're going to hit fucked. a wall. Like, and, and those tools are just around. You got to find those. Mm -hmm. You don't level up through experience on that. Like, yeah, you just have to find like, oh, there's a red tool chest. Okay, I got tools now. Yep, now I have level two tools. Does the world feel fairly open when you're exploring? Yes, nah, uh, yes and no. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of like okay, you know how Tomb Raider was, where it's uh -huh. it's it's not like that. It's more like oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, Tomb Raider was not that. Like, yes, I well, know. How if, if you know. if you had Tomb Raider without the backtracking, it's sort of like that, where you're just kind of funneled into these very large open areas. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And then, but like the the so beginning you can't, point, like, fast travel backwards. Right. Okay. You're the beginning going point, for, always point, forward. Or, yeah. And the, well, that's why I was saying too about the reality becoming unreal at a certain point was Always if you look, funny. if you if you look for walls in the areas, you'll find them. You're like, well, there's a wall. All right, I wonder if I, how far I can go this way. Oh, there's a chain link fence. Okay, can't go that far. Well, I wonder how far I can go this way. Oh, it's a giant cinder block. Oh, can I go upstairs? Nah, every second floor is blocked by a bunch of shit in yeah. every building. Mm -hmm. Every staircase is blocked by a bunch of shit at the top. Yeah, well, they, to be fair, to the if there are monsters out there, my first thought is going to be, all right, if I can barricade myself upstairs, maybe I'll be okay. Yeah. So yeah, but from a survivor have... standpoint, I can kind of understand that. But it's so that. consistent. Even in abandoned buildings, no, it's I, like, right. oh, this okay, well, Starwell well, just clearly collapsed. It's more so point. if I'm making a game and you can't go up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously. Because I don't want to make this area for But I to want to here. immerse myself in the game and think, okay, a survivor must have tried to barricade themselves up there. There's probably a bunch of corpses up there. Mm-hmm. And That's really, where my brain is going to be. I like a lot of the side characters were good, especially Bill was my favorite. And Bill's been yeah. revealed before, so I am not spoiling anything. That's but, true. Uh, but he's played by, an, uh, God, I can't remember the name of the actor, but uh, he was on Deadwood. He was one of my favorite. He was Swearjin's top guy, uh, number two man on Deadwood. So I never watched Deadwood. He was really, he was really great in The Last of Us. And I... Uh, you know, Troy Baker did a good job. I'm fucking sick of Troy Baker being the did a good job actor. channeling uh, Josh Brolin. Well, the face <laughs> just was like this is this is a movie starring Josh Brolin and Ellen Page. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Ellen Page from ten years ago. Yeah, but I I did like um some of the environments like the remember the university. Yeah, that was yeah. Great, the, yeah. You you get to explore university campus at one point. And you can like you know go into all the buildings and there's just a ton of ground to cover and mm -hmm. like there's. All of the threats are lurking inside the building, so you can just kind of explore freely. And uh, Pittsburgh was my favorite. That was my favorite. Area. Which Pittsburgh? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Did, is that is it the hotel? I remember they showed off the hotel in Pittsburgh in mm. the E3 demo last year. That was the famous. No, oh, no, don't kill yeah, me. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one moment of that uh, uh, where you knock down a guy with your punches, and he's like, "Please don't, please don't." And if you pull out your gun. The reticle is immediately pointed at his head. Uh -huh. And so I, all You right, don't really pop. have a choice in the matter. Well, yeah, what are you going to do? Like, not kill him, and then he, he strangles you. Yeah. Like, it, this yeah. this guy was just trying to murder you. Uh -huh. Well, and, and that's the thing. That's just like... Did you ever try letting him go? Nah, why would nah, I? Why would, yeah. Oh, no, I absolutely like, wouldn't. I kill my, my whole attitude was just like, you fucking suck. No, you die. You die. You were just trying to kill me and a little girl five seconds ago. You mm -hmm. die. Yeah, that always... The game... Uh, Who knows? A, he might find God if you let him live. The game puts a lot of effort <laughs> into making you uh, 
giving you moral superiority over the guys you're getting. Yeah. Like you find little booklets to be like, oh, they murdered four people to steal their shoes. Like, yeah, you you find like notes from survivors. Fuck these guys. Yeah, and and that's the thing that it's like it's not one of those games where it's just like, well, you've really been the monster the whole time. It's like, no, fuck that. I had no choice but to kill these people. Mm-hmm. And there there are characters who will try to pull that on you and like, fuck you. You never gave me a choice. Yeah, like, there's always a choice. No, you shot at me. Fuck you. I've had people, you all ran at me with guns and machetes, and I've seen when I don't shoot you, you kill me. Uh-huh. So I know what happens. Ah. Hmm. The Last of Us is... I mean, I, that kind of sounds great. like a criticism in a yeah. way. Like, um, I mean, if, if... It got a lot of tens. I don't isn't a choice. Even, I, I believe, Michael. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I can say what. All right, well, anyway, it got a lot of tens online. If I had scored it, I'd... I, I was feeling between a 9 or a 10 just because of those those complaints like you just start to see the limitations of of the and they push the hardware as far as it can go but you still see the limitations of it yeah I mean to me the idea that someone will like beg for uh, mercy but you know that mechanically the game will have them strangle and kill you if you give them mercy seems like a bit of a flaw. The other like, thing is that they won't really they, they won't just be like on the floor begging you for mercy and then you have the choice of whether or not you can cap them. It's more like you execute them and then that animation part of it is them begging okay. for mercy. Yeah. <laughs> it's I just part that. of the kill. It also made me it would be more interesting yeah. if maybe they didn't like, just that's, that's also part of the multiplayer, interestingly, hmm. in that uh, execute like the multiplayer. You didn't play it, Henry. It's actually pretty good. I, I really enjoyed it. It's eight player. Is team it like the match. Uncharted multiplayer? Uh, well, it's 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 not about uh, killing each other. It's about getting stuff. It's right. about getting it's about stuff, and it's about killing each other. Okay, but that's that's one thing. Like when you beat when you beat or shoot down a uh, an enemy player. Like you will, there will be a moment where you're kind of doing the Gears of War thing, where you're like crawling, you're trying to crawl away, and uh, somebody can come up and execute you during that. And so that's when you get like the brutal sequences where like one player just like puts their knee in the other one's back and just shoots them point blank in the back of the head. And I mean, like beats them to death with a two by four. The animation, I like. I did a shotgun, like a shotgun death to a dude. Shoot him in the stomach. You look close. Oh, those are all his guts. Like they. Yeah, they went to the trouble, but that's the that's the dichotomy of it, man. Is that what? you get such gruesome, like horrific murders in this game, and then you're surrounded by like gorgeous, gorgeous pastoral scenery. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's but, a very striking game. Yeah, there, there are some like it does something that annoys me. Uh, I, another complaint I would have is that there's not enough enemy types. Like they do. The best they they really get a lot out of having five enemy types. But there are five enemy types, and at a certain point they're like, "Well, how do we make this harder or different than the last time you fought these guys?" Uh, five more of those guys. Like that's how. Like mm. I, I just yeah. quantity over quality is the thing there. I I I had more fun fighting five guys that scared me than ten guys because at a certain point it just got frustrating. And, I, and then it just turned into, I'll just throw two grenades at him. Kaboom, kaboom. There. Gotcha. Hmm. All right. Well, it, anyway, Last of Us, pretty great. Go check it out if yes. you've got a PS3. It's definitely worthwhile. If you don't own a PS3 yet, yeah. I would say this 
if it, if the other if its library of exclusives didn't already entice you, this should put mm-hmm. you over the edge. But I will also say, if you're like certain even games, though the new one is coming out later, this well, year. you can, they ain't backwards compatible. So yep, I will say if you're like certain games journalists and you find uh, gruesome violence offensive, maybe it's not for you. I've seen some of those games journalists who said that mm-hmm. enjoy this game because they're like yeah. it's violence with a purpose. The purpose, yeah. it's purposeful violence in The Last of Us. And I've seen you're others surviving. who are just like it made me sick. I did see yeah. a couple. Like so maybe this game is more up your alley. Uh, Animal Crossing New Leaf is also <laughs> oh, out this yeah. week. <laughs> Jumping from one end of the yep. spectrum to you the other. You like that segue? <laughs> That's the, good. See how I set that up? That's out nice. yeah. the day before E3 instead of the day after. Uh, I have been playing this and I am wrapped. It is. It has caught me again. I... I played the shit out of Animal Crossing on GameCube and on DS, not on the Wii. Nobody played the Wii one, but uh, the 3DS one is getting me the same as the as the GameCube and DS one did. New Leaf. It's just there's something about just the consistency of it. It's like you go to your town, you fish, you earn money, you buy a bigger house, you get stuff. You set Tom Nook's house on fire. You talk to <laughs> you talk to your town residents. You, they say like, hey, do you like my shirt? You say yes. You go listen to Toto KK. It's just, I don't know, it's just fun. And I just, always hated just the animal crossing It's just a disc of ice cream made by a <laughs> yeah, great and so. powerful mummy. I mean mummy. <laughs> I, I accept that those games are super fun and a lot of people really enjoy them. They are not for me. I could they see are getting way lost. too slow for me. I could I've never gotten lost into in that. Them. But, you know, I mean, if I can't curb stomp anyone and then like... Yeah, I need to be to able to stomach. rip people's guts out with my bare hands. I don't know. That would be an entertaining version of Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, it would. Animal Crossing where one resident goes nuts. <laughs> well, it also does stuff that like so few games do uh, where it feels like real life. It takes place on a real-time clock. Your house will get infested with cockroaches if you leave it too long. And it'll say like, hey, there's a big sale, a, to- a half price sale. And Tom Nook's at five. You better be there at five when that thing goes on sale or you're going to miss it. Like they're not wow. going to redo it That's for exciting. you. Or, you know, if you want to get the art merchant, if you want to buy art from the art merchant, he's only in town on Tuesdays from seven to three. Or whatever, so you yeah. gotta go visit them. That, that stuff, like, I definitely heard Brett talk about. I mean, heard, uh, was forced to listen to Brett talk about a lot. <laughs> like, about how he, like, would miss a college course to go yeah. in the original Animal Crossing to go because there was an event that happened in real time. And, and that is cool. I could see that being enticing. It's one of the reasons I like playing EVE online is that there's, like, mm. there, there are events happening, like, in real world time that you're gonna miss. And, like, that, that kinda, the, the kind of fact that you, that something can come and go, you know, is interesting. I have, I have two friends, uh, Mary and Ellen. They're they're twins, and they would absolutely miss like days where I wouldn't talk to them because, oh, we have to do this thing in Animal Crossing. Like both of them would have their own little setup. They shared a room, but they had two separate TVs, and they would just wow. they would lock themselves in their room and play this game. <laughs> Well, I think it, uh, I think it works even better on a handheld because it's uh, at least for me it's something you play thirty minutes a day right. just to get just to, you know you clean up your town you dig up the fossils for the day you do a little fishing and then you get to work and you turn off your system like that's the yeah. <laughs> after you're done working in Animal Crossing mm-hmm. yeah. or I'm done working in Eve then I go to work and mm-hmm. it's great. I do. I mean, it's not something you can endlessly play. I'd say at about hour 80, you've kind of collected everything you feel like collecting. And at that point, you're like, 
all right, maybe I'll come back at Christmas to see what the special Christmas really? Day event. And but Animal Crossing doesn't just... require spreadsheets. Oh, forward the calendar and the system menu. That's uh, that's uh, that's dirty. I don't do that's that. Cheating. Dirty. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't right, man. It ain't right. Yeah, well, I just know I'm not going to wait through an entire year to get all the calendar man scenes in, in Arkham City. Yeah, so. That's true. That's I did cheat for that one. That's a different thing. Yeah. Anyway, if you do want an Animal Crossing that's more violent, uh, there's a game that came out last week that I just now started playing, and I'm kind of fascinated by. It's State of Decay. How is that like Animal Crossing? Well, it's, it's big and open, and, and you can uh, build... Uh, outposts, which I'm assuming you can do in Animal Crossing, and uh, sure. you can you can have a house and decorate it with barricades on the windows. I'm guessing in that case, the weeds and cockroaches that infest your house are the least of your problems. Yeah, it's really more about zombies <laughs> and and hordes of zombies and driving over zombies and hitting zombies in the face with a fireplace poker and shooting zombies mm-hmm. and scavenging for supplies. It's really like Animal. Am Crossing. I am I the only one who's played State of Decay? Yeah, I haven't. Sorry. Played. Not yeah. played, no. um, I didn't even know it was a thing until last I, week. I didn't either until it came out. And then I like I, all of a sudden people on Twitter are talking about it. And it's like, I, I need to check this out. And it turns out like uh, there was an article on Cracked written by Robert Brockway uh, like a year ago uh, where he's talking about like it's, it's like the six uh, best games you'll never get to play. And one of them was like a zombie game done right. And it was this idea that like, just give us a a town that's infested by zombies and filled with debris and supplies and let us just kind of pick our way through it and try to survive against the hordes for as long as possible. And then DayZ happened and it was kind of like that. And then this is another game that's kind of like that and that you're just basically given a big open world town. You're given a group of survivors to try and protect. And then you can swap between between different characters, go out on supply runs, uh, steal cars, run over zombies, get into fights with zombies. You can like go to a, a veterinarian's office and some other buildings and like just say like, yeah, I'm going to claim this as an outpost now. I'm going to spend a certain amount of in-game currency, which is like uh, influence, and and just say this is a place where I can stash supplies and and mm-hmm. uh, be protected for a little while. So when you die in that game, is it mm-hmm. game over or? I think it, well, I think I haven't died yet. I'll say that. Okay. But uh, I believe what happens is that your character dies and then, you, I mean, you have multiple playable characters. Mm-hmm. And as you meet people and you get to know them, then you will earn the right to play as them. So uh, where I'm at right now, I have two characters that are playable and there are probably more that I can unlock. But uh yeah, it's, it's interesting. So there's yeah, a certain finality that, to it. That there was some skepticism. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, game. Yeah. Um, I know there's also an achievement for executing a member of your party before they can turn if they're dying. Oh, nice. Huh. Yeah. yeah, it was a game that was announced in kind of an unknown Undead Labs, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I remember hearing about it and kind of writing a news story, I think, a while back about it being like, what is this? Who are these people? What is this game? I'm skeptical that this will ever come out. And then, you know, hey, it did. So. Yeah, how about that? And how about that? It's not on PC yet, it's actually, so I haven't played it because mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to play console games. Mm-hmm. I, I, I will say I was very skeptical of it when I started playing it, that it's like it doesn't look very good, and it starts you out in like this big empty campground, and it's just like I'm not very impressed with this already. And then you stick with it. And it starts to get markedly better, and then cool. you you escape from the campground, and you're like, here I here you are in a town now you, now go nuts, mm. basically. So mm. that yeah. sounds pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome so far. It's it's a lot of fun. So I recommend that one based on what I've the the few hours of it I've played so far. 
Anyway, we, we do have some news to talk about that's not E3 related. Exactly. We got some new details on X-Bone. Or did we? Yeah, we got we, we got basically saying like, yeah, you know that thing you were afraid of with the used games? Yeah. Seems yeah. to be pretty much true. Mm-hmm. Just uh, yeah. Well, so they definitely confirmed every 24 hours you got to be online or you cannot play games. Like, yeah. It'll, it'll play discs. And it'll you can watch TV through it, but mm-hmm. otherwise you can't do anything if you go if you're not online every yeah. 24 hours. Well, somebody once you have to log you have log to be online once every 24 once hours. Once every 24 yes. hours. Yeah. I think somebody asked a Microsoft representative like, "Well, what about military personnel and people without stable internet access?" It's like we're not announcing everything yet. Mm-hmm. Stay we still tuned. Didn't talk about yeah. the fix for that, children. Uh, just wait. Micro uh, Nanny will be with you soon to check up on you once every 24 hours. And so MS said that they aren't going to be charging people a used game fee or a... Oh, and that their games are not going to be locked out. But if a publisher chooses to have a game not work or not be able to be resold, a disc not be able to be resold once it's registered to an account, then that's their prerogative. They can do it. Microsoft's not going to stop them. So... Now it's just a wait and see kind of thing of like, well, how many third party companies are going to outlaw used games get on the X-Bone, given the choice, you know? I guess we'll find out. Uh-huh. Well, and then all their games are going to be day and day, di- day and date digital as well, which is something like the Xbox was way behind, the, the 360 <clears throat> was way behind the PS3 on that. So now that they're jumping on that bandwagon, yeah, I feel I, like the, I just feel like the first publisher that announces on the uh, on the other topic that they're gonna not allow used games is just gonna have to announce it at the end of a press mm-hmm. conference, kick over the mic stand, yeah. drop the it's mic. Like, what if and then if, walk if, if off you announce stage. that, you better just be like you know looking walk for away. help pounding in the third mail. It's <laughs> like a uh, little help, guys. Uh. <laughs> But uh, uh, that's good. That's oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, but digital. Yay. I mean, hey, that's how things are done. Yeah, I'm curious who will be the first publisher to do it. Like, it's. Uh, mm. I don't know. They all, I mean, you got to figure all the majors don't like used games. It's just who would have the guts to to do it first. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, there was the. They talked about the Connect and its security things, but I'm still not. I, I, I believe. I believe Microsoft to the extent that I can trust any giant corporation when they say like, no, there's system level security. You can shut it off and pause it during games and it won't be watching you. It won't be recording anything. It won't watch you all the time. Yeah, I believe when they (laughs) say that. It will always be watching. I believe when they say that, but unless, if you can't shut it off in a hardware sense, like if I can't just... How about instead of letting me shut it off in software, I unplug the fucking thing and it isn't watching me? Nope, can't do that. Not allowed. You just have to trust Microsoft when they say it isn't recording your conversations. I liked better when it was called Natal and it was a funny little gimmick yeah. that, that we were all like, gonna oh, like, that could be cool. Yeah, neat. Oh, now it's like, I, I hear they, they got the guy who make, made that weird Nintendo virtual yeah, reality headset cool. to make it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fun little idea, and now it's like, no, it's a core part of the system, and uh, 
and and you didn't you guys didn't like it, it enough. Sees you naked. Last the last gen. Eye of but the reason you didn't like it enough was because you weren't forced to use exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. See, you weren't forced to like it. Uh, and and the way they're selling it is like, but the rewards are so great. Uh, they're selling it as Connect puts you in control. It's not watching you. You're in control of it, and that it gives you like. The benefits are just so great. Without pressing any buttons, you can say Xbox on, Xbox channel. Like, I'd rather just, I want to press a button. I don't want, that mm-hmm. was why I didn't want to connect in the first place. I fear change. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I'm kind of into, like, new stuff like that. I was talking to my boss today about it. And we, were, we were going over all of these points. And I was like, and I'm going to buy one. And he just said, yeah. We're we're buying into our own dystopia. Mm-hmm. And I was yes. like, we're winning the war over ourselves, which is one of the ending <laughs> lines to 1984. It's yeah. like we really are. We're all going to buy this shit <laughs> and we're, complain con- about consider it. Consider we're in a day and age where it was recently revealed that the federal government has a, a massive database that it demands all uh, cell phone providers turn over all phone records for everybody all the time. And my phone is still on in my pocket right now. And then when they're challenged about this, they're like, what? That's what we've always done. We've been doing this for seven years. How is this out of the ordinary? I don't like ever Verizon, talk on my phone. I don't Verizon care if was they taking a ton I of heat. Mm. Oh, they're looking at your text too. Don't I worry. Don't care. Oh yeah. Um, but but so then when you have a connect in your living room and even Microsoft, even if they mean it, hey, we're not watching you. We're not recording you. But you. Uh, but they the could. Yeah. That's the thing. Like even if they're not, they could. I know. I. And it's not even the government. I worry about it. It's marketing. Like well, that shit too. Yeah. Imagine having. I mean, think about what they have. They have the biggest focus group ever. Well, w- yeah. well, watching TV, you can see how many people are in the room, wh- what jokes they laugh at, mm-hmm. um, you know, what they react yeah. to when they what turn away. What soda they have in their hands when they're watching it. It's like you have you have data that ooh, like NBC would kill for, mm-hmm. and you're telling me you're not even going to toy with the idea mm-hmm. of selling it. Yeah, I mean, I, I already have seen a bit of how this can go wrong with Google Ads, mm-hmm. and that like there's there's a blog called The Worst Things for Sale. And uh, it will have like just asinine things that people sell on Amazon, and you click for a better look, and then suddenly Google's like, "Oh, you're interested in this? Guess what you're hearing about for the next two weeks <laughs> in all of our ads that are targeted straight at yeah. you? They will all be about this stupid thing you mm-hmm. clicked on." Somewhere like, what happens when you know your buddy comes over wearing a shirt for a brand you hate, and the Connect picks up on it? You and love then, Hollister now, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's a Big Bang Theory shirt. Guess what we're going to try to right. sell you for the next two You're weeks. You're going to have to like stop everybody who comes to your door and just be like, no, put on this brandless t-shirt before you uh-huh. can come into my living room. Well, yeah. So my fix is going to be just like, if I can't unplug it, then, but you can on a software level basically have it not respond like if it doesn't know it's on. At that point, I'll just turn it off on the software level and then put it in a box. Like just... Got a whole out of a box for the wires to come out and put mm. it in a box and like there you go. You, yeah. you're still listening to me, I guess, or maybe I'll I could wrap up towel around it. It probably can't listen that well then. <laughs> It'll overheat. Uh, uh, yeah, I said yuck. before that I wasn't so worried that they were going to be spying on us, but I've kind of backtracked on that. Like it does creep me out a little now, especially mm. looking at their patents. Like I do not want to have to stand up from my couch and shout McDonald's to make the commercial go away. 
Like that's that's really upsetting. Yeah, that that really like the, just the idea that you would have to stand up and interact with an ad to make it stop. And a patent doesn't mean this is something they're doing. It means this is something they want to they preserve want to. for themselves to be able yes. to do so if they want to, and, and for no one else to be able to do. But the fact that the idea is in their head, I'm like, ugh, that's just so. That makes me want to puke. As if it makes me feel as if I've eaten McDonald's. I want to puke blood. <laughs> Again, McDonald's. <laughs> but yeah, this show I, brought to you by McDonald's. The idea of targeting ads and based blood. on based on what you're seeing or what I'm saying, you know, the idea mm-hmm. of like a Google-like service that doesn't just read my emails, it listens to my conversations yeah. in my own living room. That's terrifying. I wonder if this will seem ridiculously outdated given that uh, by this Time oh, we will have had a better look at yeah that's uh, true this what, could what the this could, this could be one of be. our uh, prediction episodes where we try to predict no. stuff that happens at E3 before it happens uh-huh. well, like, think- for all we know they could be like surprise April Fool or whatever no. we made all that shit up it's the, the Xbox, Xbox Two yeah <laughs> see I won't be able to watch that press conference. Because I will be very busy all mm. that whole day, mm. so I won't even get to see the highlights or anything until after well, the Sony press conference. I'll fill you in. Here's my Thanks. prediction: is that the, uh, the they did dump, they did this info dump just so they're like, now you don't have to ask us about it at E3, even though people will still this still leaves a million questions. Yeah. But they they I think the intention was all right. Look, here's all these answers here. Don't ask us at E3. We just want to show games. All right, like, I believe that when they, like, uh, Major Nelson said, the only thing you're going to see about TV at E3 are the TVs that are showing games. Speaking of pre-E3 news nobody likes, Uh there was another big reveal. Uh, I don't know if nobody likes this one. Well, okay, it seems appropriate to me, but a little strange. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland Mm -hmm. is now the voice of Solid... uh, Well, of not Solid Snake, I guess Big Boss. Snake. Yeah, you're cool with saying Snake. Or Naked Snake. Uh Say that. Having never played the games, I don't know the difference, but I do love David Hayter, so... Yeah, David Hayter's good. He, he, Plus, he, he was amazing on Twitter today. <laughs> he's the, yeah, he's the he is the voice of Snake to me. Like as as far back as video game characters have had voices, his was one of the most distinct, and he's been it for fifteen. Well, this would would have been fifteen years now. Well, I do wonder, like, what if this is an attempt to sort of differentiate Boss and Solid Snake a little bit? I could see that maybe it's him admitting like uh, these should have been different voice actors mm-hmm. like but I just wanted to keep them the same like two snakes that they look the same at this point so that's true make them sound the same but uh, but then to go with a big maybe movie they'll star, explain it like you know snake will get punched in the throat really hard in the opening act well I mean you know a lot of stuff happens to people in comas like you're in a coma for nine that's years. True. Guys, there's no doubt in Kojima. He's got a master plan for all of us. And That's true. We're well, all going to be okay you in just warm embrace. You just need to have faith in Kojima. You do. Faith uh, in Kojima's plan. His warm embrace. On the day it was announced, <laughs> Kotaku dug up a great um, conspiracy theory from someone who refuses to believe that David Hayter is done, even though it, this this should have put the day on the coffin. After GDC, people were like, maybe they're just faking us out. I, I bet it's still Hayter. Now when they've had Kiefer Sutherland do an do publicity and say and like show him recording the voice like yeah he's he's snake now guys come don't on don't be a hater but so this guy Sutherland's a Kiefer <laughs> 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 but, but so the guy's conspiracy theory was that 
Uh, David Hayter said compared Kiefer Sutherland taking replacing him as new compared Coke. to New Coke. <laughs> and so then the person's theory was like, oh, wait a minute, man. New Coke, they just introduced that to make you want old Coke even more. And then they quickly replaced it with old with classic Coca-Cola. So maybe what they're really doing is faking us out. So then we'll be even more excited when David Hayter takes back over when it really comes out. I don't think it was their intent to... I don't think Kiefer yeah. Sutherland would want to be involved with such a long con. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. New Coke. Cocaine. Brazil. South America. The Americas. America Vespucci. Italians. <gasps> are you saying Kiefer Sutherland is going to play Ezio? What the fuck are yes. you talking about? That's correct. No, I'm just I'm just coming up uh, with a absurd conspiracy theory. Yeah. I, 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 right. People I, overthink that, Kojima. Was that the only Italian because, character you could come up with? Uh, yeah, because who the fuck is Mario? <laughs> <laughs> well, Kojima invites that kind of speculation, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, basically, Kojima's directing the new Assassin's Creed. Yeah, after. Well, also, I really want to see Kiefer Sutherland as Mario now. <laughs> also, Kojima <laughs> and Assassin's Creed have a long history together. They're friendly. They are friendly terms. Yes. yes. Uh, but so I, I'm very excited to see Metal Gear Five and uh, Kiefer Sutherland. I think is a good actor. Like I've enjoyed him and stuff. I mean, he, he has only one voice, but his raspiness fits with the raspiness of Snake. Like, just like, yeah. what? Are you listening to what I'm telling you? We gotta get out of here now. I've just been stoked by the premise of Metal Gear Five that it's, you know, you get out of a coma. You've got to reclaim your kingdom in a way, in a sense, like. Mm-hmm. You've lost everything, which is good because I I feel like they were painting themselves into a corner with the whole uh, something sans frontier military sans frontier military sans frontiers. Yeah, that uh, that thing like he was that seemed to be the direction they were just going and like this is how you build eventually military sans frontier becomes a new fuck new Babylon. What's the name? Of outer name? heaven. Outer heaven. <laughs> new Babylon. That place becomes outer heaven. But now this is an interesting. I thought, oh, that's just the road we're on, and this is an interesting detour. Eventually, that will be the outer heaven. I feel like the end game for the end game for um, Kojima here is that eventually he can just remake Metal Gear. The original mm. Metal Gear is a brand new game. Once the timeline reaches Metal Gear, what I want is like because he's known for. Uh, breaking the fourth wall a bit. I just, I don't know. I want, I want the series to eventually end with just like a big climax, and then like just snake in a room well, looking I mean, out at you, going, oh, "What? I don't even." Four was that climax. <laughs> and then what just, is this? I don't even. And then just like sitting down in a chair and just like putting his hand on his forehead, like, "What is this? I don't even." Well, four <laughs> was the grand finale. Like it wraps up everything. Uh, but then I think. Kojima's kind of got a Lucas complex where uh, he now he's just interested in telling the story of Darth Vader, you know? All right, so that's enough news. Let's move on to the community segment now that our energy is at an all-time high. Yeah! I'm so excited! Well, it's probably nothing compared to how tired I am at E3 right now. As you're <laughs> yeah, to this. If you're cur- as tired as your current how self tired, is. tired, drunk, and sad I am. <laughs> Yeah. You're sitting on a curb somewhere in L.A. waiting for a cab to pick mm-hmm. you up right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At two in the morning. Anyway, uh, last week's question of the week was, what's your earliest gaming memory? And uh, we got quite a lot of responses. Yes, we did. 
I'll start off with some random chap on the comments on VeggieGameApocalypse.com. Earliest gaming memory would be watching my uncle play Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt on the NES. The earliest memory of me playing would be me playing Super Mario Kart after my mom went off at me for hitting the neighbor's kid, which I didn't. He was lying. She's then locked me and my younger <laughs> He's sister. He's held up vendetta for years. She's then locked me and my younger sister in the house and told us she was leaving forever. <laughs> I was four or five at the time. Jesus. Wow. I almost just choked on my beer. <laughs> uh, your mom sounds like my mom. <laughs> uh, Triskitable says, Frogger. I like to say Doom because that's the earliest memory I have of actually succeeding in a game as a child. But Frogger was most definitely the first game I ever played. I never finished it, as my feeble four-year-old mind couldn't manage to cross the road, river, hit the target, cross the river, hit the other target, cross, and hit the last target. Years later, I bought a children's comedy book that had a mini CD with a bunch of excerpts of the author's books on, on it. It had a Frogger clone where you played as a living butt, just a butt with arms and legs, and crossed a lake of lava into the buttcano. <laughs> Volcano. <laughs> like a butt volcano, I'm guessing. Whoa, this is amazing. It was stupid, but so beyond stupid that even I remember it. Why isn't that like available I don't know, on the internet? Because I, I need it. I, I want to find a buttcano as a living butt. <laughs> when it erupts. <laughs> nope. Gross. <laughs> Poopcano. Poopcano. <laughs> Poopcano. <Yes. laughs> Fatality. Fatality. I'm gonna do one. I'm gonna uh, here's. I'm gonna do one. Uh, here's. You're gonna do a poopcano. <laughs> well, what, what I'm going to do uh, here's here's one from Jar, and in honor of my performance last week, and I think we should do this more often. I'm gonna mm. do a dramatic reading. Dramatic oh, very reading. good. Yes, yes, yes. Dun, 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 dun. I was playing some Tiny Toons, create a cartoon game with my brother. When the babysitter said we had to go to bed, my brother threw a screwdriver at her. Good times. <laughs> you, you sound like an old wizard giving a World War II speech. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a war World War II Hitler speech or World War II Churchill speech? Churchill. Uh, oh, okay, good. So you're, you know, you're one of the good guys. Literally Church Hitler. <laughs> you're literally Church Hitler. Um, also I'm, just, I'm just trying to do Dr. Orpheus from Venture Brothers. Just imagine a loud trumpet noise behind me. You mean Dr. Strange. No. <laughs> no. I'm going to read Darth Oranges, even though I know it's fake, just because it makes me laugh. When my dad came home with a Wii U, I remember the controls were tough, T-U-F-F, but it was fun to play Mario Wii U. When I got the ghost castle it was too, to too spooky, and I got scarred, so I stoked play. <laughs> Now I am older and I am not afraid of ghosts because now I know they are not real. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, nice. That was good. McKnives said, uh, My earliest gaming memory is playing the arcade Mortal Kombat 4 game while on vacation in Chicago, which is where that came from, by the way. I was enamored with the hyperviolence, like the ceiling of spikes, then crushed to find out it was M-rated and I would have to wait years to own it. <laughs> That's so, like, now, today, somebody thinking, like, oh, this isn't for people. I have to be six years older yeah. to illegally yeah. uh, acquire this. 
how will I ever deal? Like, yeah. Is this the internet immediately? Like, That's another thing. Prepare to feel old, all the other 30 somethings at the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are there any? I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm 30. Okay. I'm almost 30. All right, that counts. Here <laughs> in the club. It's Doing funny. The math, I just, I just remember, like, uh, I mentioned this on PC Gamers podcast, actually, but, like, there were shareware games I played that, like, you know how you would, like, play it, you get one level, and then when you quit, there was a screen telling you mm-hmm. all the stuff you could get if you bought it. Mm-hmm. Like, not that long ago, probably, like, four years ago, I, I remember thinking about those games and thinking, huh, I'll never get to play that extra stuff. Like, seeing them available now mm-hmm. on, like, GOG, and then realizing, I'm an adult with a bank account i can play those games like that <laughs> but like same goes for like kid movies i saw i wanted to see as a kid that my mom told me i couldn't because they were r i've literally like not seen a lot of them because i keep thinking like oh i can't see that and it like doesn't always occur to me <laughs> i'm an adult who can see whatever movie i you want you could literally buy five copies of each one and spend an entire <laughs> weekend watching them all i know it's funny how things stick with you when you're a kid in the way yeah yeah you're an adult. You can M-rated. buy a stack of porn if you want. Whoa, I could. Yeah. Or you could just watch it for free on the internet. Yeah. I, and I could cut out the centerfolds and put them on my wall just like in the movies. Mm-hmm. Neat. Uh, who does buy well, porn Well, I anymore? can't. I, How do people yeah, make they, money they, off porn these days? Um, by creating what are essentially fan films, but mm-hmm. uh, they include sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the triple X parodies. Yes. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> still has to get paid. Um... <laughs> Uh, speaking of feeling old, uh, Caleb Uther says, I am 15, so when I played Star Wars Episode One on PS1 when I was four, I couldn't get past the first level, but had so much determination, uh, I keep I kept playing it. Well, PS1. Yeah, PS1. It's better than saying, like, uh, Xbox. Uh, that would make me feel old. Yeah, hey, my first gaming memory was on Xbox when I was 24 and playing Madden. <laughs> That wouldn't make me feel old, just sad. But. You know, I was fucking my fifth chick that day, so, you know, it was. I was really looking for something nerdy to unwind with. Yeah, I really Whoa. don't think any of our listeners have that particular <laughs> Michael, concern. get out of my diary. Yeah, I like to think all our <gasps> listeners are towering he-men. <laughs> I would just asshole douche jocks. <laughs> they are. Or you just, like, sit there listening to our cast and like, <laughs> nerds. Don't you know they listen at the gym? I really, really hope iron? that we have at least one one listener who just listens just, just for the just for the nerds. Yeah, just sitting there screaming insults. It's like, yeah, fuck you, fucking nerds. <laughs> fucking shoving nerds. you in a fucking locker. <laughs> so, you're talking about right now that one socks. guy is listening and a single tear is rolling down his face. Aww. Is that a? Aww. They're talking about me. Aww. Also, my life is a lie. Also, he's a TV show character who doesn't exist in reality. Yeah. That's true. No. Who, who stuffs nerds into lockers? And <laughs> do people actually do that? Because that never happened to me. Never happened to me either. But my, my lockers, lockers were too were very, small. Yeah, so that's there. the thing. They right. those big I tried lock- fitting myself in a locker. <laughs> those big lockers existed back when the government gave more money to the school system. Back when lockers had to double as fall. Back, back when the yeah, and the government supported locker shoving, and there was that big Nixon initiative. For Our gym lockers were always really big. Anyone Maybe, get shoved into know. one? Yeah. By, by the time I no, was I so. old enough to uh, have a locker that was the size that you could shove a kid into, I was way too big to be shoved into it. So I'll just say that. I've yeah. always been That's small enough defense. to fit in lockers. Just mm-hmm. not like the cubbyhole lockers that they assign you sometimes. And right. you want to read one? Yes. 
Uh, Keegan says, I recall playing a lot of duck hunt with my grandma at family parties in the 80s. She always just wanted to shoot the dog. Grandma! <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the arcade version, you can shoot the dog. That That's fucking great. dog. Fuck the dog. Yeah, that dog's a bastard. Fuck you, dog. Or is it, no, it's the arcade version has a bonus round where you can yeah. shoot the dog. You can't just shoot him normally. Which is disappointing. Because I really want to. Everybody really wants to. All the time. Just nothing. Just just have dog hunt. Yeah, it should Put just that be out a Nintendo. game about shooting the dog. Put out yeah. dog hunt. Do it. I feel like that's already been made as like eight iOS games. I'm sure it has, but I don't care. I want Nintendo to make it. I want them to admit what they did. <laughs> Look at what you did. <laughs> what did you do? What did you do? No, tell me. I don't know. <laughs> don't know what this is. I'm confused. Uh, Stabby Joe says... My earliest gaming memory would be the arcade version of Golden Axe in 1989, where my then-limited knowledge of gaming made the prospect of cooperative gameplay mind-blowing at the time. While my brother doesn't oh. play video games, even as adults, we'll still have a quick game if the chance arises, being surprisingly easy, of course, since you can pretty much play ports on anything with electricity. Hmm. Hmm. What? Hmm. Okay, so I actually have two that I want to read kind of near each other because they're both they're both clearly very young gamer or they're both n fairly new to gaming. Okay. So one of them, Nick says what's up, says my earliest gaming memory would probably have to be the Tarzan level from the original Kingdom Hearts. I started the level and about halfway through I got lost when simple platforming was introduced. I eventually got angry and asked my older brother to come over and beat it for me. He came over got me past the hippo platforming and beat the game for me. Within a week, I restarted the game and got stuck on Tarzan yet again. Mm. Fairly young. Bummer. Like, that that game is not that old. That's nope. true. But the next one, I'm gonna get made fun of, I feel like, for this. Okay. But actually, the game he's talking about, I also played because my, uh, I think she's my third, my, my second stepmother, my third mother, uh, <laughs> Second stepmother, third mother. Yeah, uh -huh. well, I mean, the third in the line of mothers that I have had. Got third me, mother in a family of mothers. Go got on. me this game, so I know exactly what game he's mentioning the sure. first time. Uh, Sir Wiki Freaky says, I was born in 92. The earliest gaming memory I have was playing a Barbie makeup game with my sister. Oof. Which, that is the game that I had as a child. Like, I had that game nice. and, and Wishbone's Odyssey, <laughs> which was... <laughs> An awesome game. But he says, uh, and a make-your-own Felix the Cat story. I think it's called Felix the Cat's Cartoon Toolbox. They were both played on my dad's PC. My dad, on the other hand, was playing Quake with other people online. Come at me, bros. No, dude, I totally know what you're talking about because I got that game, and then that same day I would sit on my dad's lap and play Myst. So, and your dad yeah. was playing Quake. That just makes me feel old. That, that one, that, that's the part <laughs> that makes me feel old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I know exactly what game he's Quake 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. But I just uh, stole my sister's Barbies and stole my mom's makeup and put makeup right on the Barbie. Ooh. I didn't need a game. I think the I game... Mean, bad boy. Ah, regressed. The we game he's talking about also had this magical comb where you could make Barbie's hair grow and shrink with the comb, and I just thought that was so cool, and I wanted that in real life. And that's, hmm. that's not how combs work. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought I could make my hair grow and shrink with combs. <laughs> uh, insert disc two, and I feel like this requires a gruff dramatic reading. Okay. <clears throat> yes. 
I've been playing games since before I've been able to form memories. But as a kid, I played a shitload you know? of... Shitload of Sonic the Hedgehog. But some of the more... What is this word? Definite memories come from <laughs> playing Toe Jam and Earl with my older sister at my dad's house. My parents being divorced. She would be Earl, the fat one. And I was Toe Jam. And we would play for hours. We completed it numerous times. <laughs> when you say it like that, it sounds really weird. Yeah. We completed it numerous That's times. That's the joke. <laughs> That's the joke. Yeah. Not Grim here. I had to no, say. We completed this game. Yeah. Let me be Grim for a second. That's the joke. Okay. Uh, very good. <sighs> yeah, and people say like, I'm the joke explainer. Like my impression of Grim doing an impression of Rainer Wolfcastle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. Go ahead, Anne. Um, Turbo's is interesting. Turbo says, "When I was two and a half years old, when I was a baby, I watched my dad play Wolfenstein 3D on the computer. By watching him play, I learned how to play Wolfenstein 3D. Around this time, my mom said instead of going to the toilet, I just peed on the computer chair." <laughs> My dad thought it was funny wow. while my mom was furious. <laughs> the first memory I have for myself is playing Doom 2 on DOS when I was four years old. Since 1994 was before Windows 95, I had to learn to spell and type properly to play Doom 2. You simply couldn't click on an icon and play it. True fact, I'm playing Doom. I just love the one. idea that he peed. Well, I remember playing chair. Doom 1 like while peeing. <laughs> On the chair. <laughs> and just you were sitting, ten. <laughs> sitting in a puddle of my own pee and uh, playing Doom. Uh, in the kitchen, which is where you kept computers at that time for some reason. I don't know why. Hey. Well, uh, it was Canada. I just assumed that standard MO up there. I was in the U.S. When I was in, I don't know, middle school, my friend Rosie had her PC in her kitchen and we would play Baldur's yeah. Gate together all the time. So, yeah, like that's a totally normal place for me to uh, see no, a PC. Like, it's not, not nowadays people have like a little office no, room. No, not or, even an office. Like it just sat on her kitchen counter. No, yeah, I'm saying now I feel like people have their PCs in places that make sense <laughs> to us. But I remember like in the 90s. Way it was back like, when. Didn't it was like you sense. just you got like a computer desk and you. You put it in the kitchen for whatever reason. No, it just makes sense. Like sitting right next to the like, where else the are you sink? gonna put it? <laughs> so I played Doom in my kitchen while like my, hmm. my our family's mom computer was room was a separate room. Like it was, we had oh, a oh wow, you had, had a computer a, room. We had a room next to the kitchen that we didn't really use for anything. Oh, yes. fancy! So, yeah, her family had three PCs. One would be in an actual computer room. One would be in the living room, and her parents would take each computer out there and play Dark Age of Camelot, and me and Rosie would take the PC in the computer, er, in the kitchen, and, and play Baldur's Gate. So. Wow. How strange. The one guy in Nebraska who still listens to this says, and <laughs> I'm going to try a, a just sort of high-pitched whiny. I got uh, it. Yeah, go. Go for it. My earliest gaming memory has to be playing <laughs> Pokemon with my dad back when I was four. He had blue and I had red, and I uh -huh. remember always trying in vain to defeat my dad's army of dragon Pokemon, never realizing dragon Pokemon did have a weakness. That's why, even though I haven't played a Pokemon game since Ruby, that series will always hold a special part in my chest place. None of you. Ah, Pokemon. 
<laughs> a lot of people had Pokemon answers like uh, J Marcella 09 or 09. Buying wait, wait, Pokemon. Wait, wait, funny voice. I can't. I don't. I don't have funny voices. Like that's, this is all I've got. That's funny voice. That's something. Buying Pokemon Blue and a matching Game Boy. I picked Blastoise because I thought his tail was cute. <laughs> it's beautiful. Same reason I picked Blastoise, actually. I thought his tail was adorable. Blastoise yeah. is overall cute. I love turtles. Is that it? I like turtles. <laughs> Somebody else want to do one? Oh, I have so many, but yeah. I'll do one. Mm. Chris Antista smells like pizza. Chris Antista smells like pizza, says... My earliest gaming memory was when I was four, before my older brother and I got our first gaming system. My brother and I wanted a Sega Saturn, because my older brother had played it at my next door neighbor's house and convinced me just how awesome it was. <laughs> when we asked my dad to get us one for Christmas, he told us no, but he would get us a PlayStation because the guys he worked with told him that it would be the next big thing. So my earliest gaming memory wasn't playing a game, but my dad making a decision about what system he was going to buy us. And that's the end of the story. Your dad was right. By the way, your dad was correct <laughs> to buy the PlayStation. Uh, His friends at work were right. Yes. You should talk like that all the Your time. Your dad knew what was up. I'll do, I'll do a really short one. Combat Cat says, Rucks. Sucking at driver's first level. Terrible way to start my favorite hobby. I would have given up on gaming altogether if it wasn't for the free roam option. Henry driver. Wanna... Driver. Uh, uh, when was Driver made? Driver was mid-90s? Yeah. The first driver. Anyway. I mean, when was See, Driver uh, made? All right. Anti-antagonist says the first game I can remember playing was Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt combo on NES. Along with those games, I also remember playing the Addams Family and the in some caveman game I can't remember the name of quite a bit. Joe and Mac. Play it. Do you think of that? <laughs> I'm I, willing to bet. Oh, it Joe was and Su Mac. Super Mario and Duck Hunt was my first game too. Like once I saw that in action, I was like, I have to have one of these things. I have to stop saying Duck Hunt. It makes me laugh and giggle every time. Uh, let's see here. Duck Hunt. Uh, we want to do one from the forums. Then? Yeah, I have one more. Anyway, oh. This Tess Sharkness says, I remember crushing my first Goomba in Super Mario Brothers at age three, late at night in the basement. Below the television, the old grungy couch we had, NES cords chewed a little, p a little bit by the dog. It was the start of a lifelong obsession. Again, Every, that was, everyone remembers their first Goomba. Yeah, that was again like my first memory. Like I can remember like the, the way the carpet felt on my living room floor and the musty, shitty couch we had in our family's like first home in in, in Arkansas. Uh, Haitian Harry says, I'm going to try to affect a Vincent Price thing and fail okay. miserably. I Take shouldn't your have, time. I Take shouldn't have said time. what it was going to be. It would just be a funny voice. Mm -hmm. anyway. My earliest memory was at age four <laughs> when my dad surprised me with a new Atari 5200 and a copy of Frogger 2. I'm old, yo. So excited. If I was capable, I probably would have jizzed myself. <laughs> anyway... I couldn't wait to play, but driving home from the store, I didn't pay attention when exiting the car. 
I slammed my finger in the car door and couldn't play my new Atari for a week. Ouch. Oh. Oh. I've been there. And if only you had known how much that Atari sucked compared to stuff we have <laughs> in the future. It was really the worst Atari. <laughs> it was the 5200. My God. Uh, last one. Last Daver123 says, One of my earliest and most vivid memories is of a game for the Commodore 128 that my big brother brought home. It was a platformer called Boff in which you play a guy with a raging boner who has to catch up with the naked girls running around and bang them before you run out of power. At the same time, you had to avoid things like STDs and dirty needles, which would drain your power. Thanks, big bro. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about all those weird porn games. I have never fucking heard of this game. Is that a British game? And now I feel sad that I've never heard of this game. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds British. I feel like I saw like a billion variations on that back in the late 80s for PC. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, Astro Boobies. And, uh, Astro Boobies. Anybody out there remember Astro Boobies? I just oh. like the word boobies. Get it uh, on with the Astro Boobies. Uh, <laughs> Light up a fire. Well, it's that, cold outside. You want to stay yeah. in with Astro Boobies? Astro Boobies was a bunch of disembodied boobs with little propellers on them flying around a screen, mm. and you were a disgustingly oh, yeah. animated cock and balls down yeah, at the bottom were. that had to shoot sperm oh, up at them. Oh, sure. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that was an actual game that was made by people. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's made by people! (laughs) (laughs) Astro boobies is made by people! That's a hell of a stink eye you're giving me right now. (laughs) That's my grumpy cat face. (laughs) All right, all right. So that's about it for this week. Uh, New question of the week. Um, Let's make it E3 related. What have you seen at the show that you're particularly impressed by or excited about? For me, it's nothing because it hasn't started yet. Anyone else? Who wins E3? Uh, Yeah, who wins uh, E3? Fine. Eh. Well, I am a time traveler, and having mm-hmm. been to E3, um, I'm going to say it's... Uh, I'm going to say Nintendo. They surprise Nintendo everyone by wins. having the best game lineup. I liked mm-hmm. my okay. thing better just because it'll get a more Yeah, uh, diverse... well, let's go with yours. Okay. But let's give our, ac- our, our reactions to these anyway. Let's, let's predict before we go out who we think is going to oh, win. Oh, I don't think I can do this. Right. Oh, no, I can't, can't play this game. All right. Well, I'm the only one who has Ubisoft wins. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, I I think it's going to be Sony just because uh, they haven't played their their really horrible hands yet, and uh, so right now they're they're looking kind of like they're ahead just because we don't know what draconian approach they're going to take to used games and uh, observation of subjects. So. Anyway, uh, let us know your answers. What what do you what have you seen that you really like at E three? Um, you know, obviously most of you weren't there. Looking at it on the internet, what are you excited about? What new announcements have really lit a fire under you? Uh, go to lasertimepodcast.com slash forums or vidgamepocalypse.com and comment on the article for this week's episode. Uh, so before we go, plugs. Who's got some plugs? Tyler. Well, um, I can plug PCGamer.com, and you should go there for E3 coverage. But, of course, there's going to be a ton of noise from the consoles this year. So, you know, I'm just going to plug games that we haven't talked about on this show. Uh, Red Orchestra Rising Storm. Oh, my God. Come play that with me. It's so much fun. Uh, 
and come play Eve Online with me too. You'll like it. You can yeah. get 30 days free. Don't go don't go to PCGamer.com for your E3 coverage. You want to go to gamesradar.com uh, slash PCGamer. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that still exists. Anymore. Yeah, probably not. Um, but yeah, gamesradar.com is where I work. And we're going to be covering E3 up all over the place. Starting early with the f- Monday press conferences. We're going to be hosting them on the site. And you can watch them on there. We'll have quick reaction to it. I'm going to play all the games I can. Especially Nintendo Booth is my first stop. going to be writing up stuff uh as soon as i can you'll get my reactions from me and you know you want my reactions to a mario game before anyone else absolutely come to pcgamer.com however for reactions to henry's reactions uh (laughs) snarkily positioned also if you're listening to this you like video game podcasts and we're going to be doing a lot of those from uh e3 live you've probably missed two of them already so go to gamesradar.com and look for the radio radar uh, episodes that we have recorded. Mm, maybe you'll invite months. me on to. Uh, and, yeah, what about me? Or me? In- think, invite me on to Jesus. Radio Radar. Well, I, <laughs> <laughs> invite Jesus. Yes. <laughs> invite Jesus. Uh, on in fact, let's the four of us invite just Jesus a radio onto radar. your show and into your heart. Henry. Well, t- I mean, t- all of you guys, including Tyler, you're in different hotels than us. We're in West Hollywood. You're in. You're I'm in, in Hollywood. West Hollywood. You're in what? what? Which, where are you in West? No, you're at the. Well, I'm not naming the hotel. No, How do you know what hotel I am in? And do oh, you all right. Have... Are you in the Are you in the same hotel as the rest of Future? I just want to know if I can see the glint hotel? from your sniper scope through the window. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm in the same hotel as the rest of Future. All right. See. Yeah, what do you think? What do we think we get special treatment just because we have a better platform? I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. But I know some people are heading down separately and stay. Like, uh, yeah, we pal, are flying. Like our pal like, Charlie, like normal people. Our pal Charlie is uh, <laughs> all right. Our, our friend Charlie is staying like with a family member down, who lives in oh, LA. So wow. he have to worry about that stuff. I'm just going to say, don't go to either of those sites for E3 coverage. Where you really want to go is MacLife.com. Absolutely. Or we will have some E3 coverage. But really, don't don't you want sort of a dull roar rather than a, a gigantic, overwhelming din? Also, you should check out the latest issue of OXM, official Xbox magazine, Ooh. which I wrote the cover story for. It's the one with GTA Five on it. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Neat. Neat. We're sort of like Scary monotone voices. versions of those aliens yeah. from Sesame Street. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we no longer have jokes. We only have voices. It's true. And bland sounds. Just <laughs> <laughs> when there's no more room for jokes, voices will walk the earth. <laughs> I will also have a bunch of previews appearing post E3 in at Gamer and OXM, so keep your eyes peeled. Look for forward those. to those E3 previews a month later. <laughs> Print. No jokes, yet I must voice. Yeah. Continue. Also, Twitter at Wikiparas. Oh, yeah. Everyone else forgot to plug there. Tyler underscore wild. H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-H-Y-G-K-F-L-M-N-O-P. One, two, seven, nine, three. You guys know what it is. <laughs> you can follow him at QRSTUVWX underscore YZ. <laughs> and go. Uh, oh, well, we will also be doing E3 coverage. So if you want a bunch of uh, pretty comprehensive, if I may say so myself, Ubisoft coverage, we'll have a, a hub post yeah, on, our, on our front page at ubblog.com or blog.ub.com, uh, where we'll be just linking to all of our E3 coverage. So... Cool stuff. 
bunch of uh, we just posted a bunch of Assassin's Creed stuff and Splinter Cell stuff and Watchdog stuff. So go check that out. Excitement. Yeah. You be blog. I be blogging. We all be blogging. We, we be all blogging. be blogging. We all be blogging at E3 right now as you listen. Yeah. <laughs> tired already. <laughs> yeah. Just thinking about <laughs> it, huh? I really do feel tired thinking about it. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next show. Later. Later. To say fuck you, asshole. <laughs> fuck you, asshole. Fuck off, your clever you monkey response. dick. I don't know why monkey dick. And then just an eight and some uh, 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 equal signs and a D. <laughs> 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 <laughs>